everyone, and welcome to the As I Amber podcast. I'm Amber, and I love to talk about music, travel, society, and pop culture. On today's episode, we have guests to the show, Zach. Say hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, so on today's episode, we are going to delve in and discuss the legendary queen of disco, Miss Donna Summer. So why are we talking about Donna Summer? Well, if you don't know, there was recently a documentary on HBO called Love to Love You, the Donna Summer documentary, and it talks about her life and her musical career and how she was such a trailblazer. And it just so happens that last year in January of 2022, Zach and I went to see the Donna Summer musical when they stopped in Columbus, Georgia at the River Center. So with that being said, how were you introduced to Donna Summer or what were your first memories of that artist? Well, my mom, she loved Donna Summer, and um, I know when she was pregnant with me, she used to listen to Donna Summer, so I know that's why I know of Donna Summer and love her, because my mom used to play all of her songs all the time. Wow. And see, you know what's really interesting that I find? Like, I'm considered a millennial, but uh, if you listen to your parents' music, especially if they grew up or were grown-ups, in the early 80s or you know late 70s it's always interesting because it's I feel like it really influences your musical taste as you get older and I think I was introduced to Donna Summer when I was going to Lambert skating rink in the summertime um there was like a daycare there a long time ago and they used to play like different disco type of songs like funky town and like the bgs it was like certain time of day they would play certain eras of music and i remember hearing um they now they didn't play love to love you baby at with the kids around at that time um we'll get into that soon but it was songs like on the radio or hot stuff and even in the movie selena the biopic about selena quintanilla perez that j-lo played they are singing Donna Summer songs like on the radio and um, what's the other song? Last Dance. Those songs are sung in other people's movies and just how Donna Summer had an impact in a time when Black women were not being crossover artists. When Black artists were only played on one station, she had crossover appeal and that helped her and hurt her. We're going to get into that soon. But what did you think about the Donna Summer musical? And what did you think about the HBO documentary? Well, for me, both of them tied together. They really went into detail, intimate details about what she has, what she went through as a woman, as an artist, and as a mother. So um, I loved it. They both were amazing to me. Wow. I thought it was really interesting how they had her children. I like that they had her children be a part of the musical. Um, not, not the musical, but, you know, the documentary, I should say. Because oftentimes we hear documentaries from the perspective of other people and not the person in their family. It's always some music critic or this or that. But it was really cool that her um, husband and her children were heavily a part of it. And just to see how 
She was a trailblazer during a time of segregation and Jim Crow. Here she is, a young Black woman going overseas to Germany in the 60s. And she probably was more embraced there than here in the United States. Like so many artists, when you think about the James Baldwins and Josephine Bakers, when they went overseas to Europe, they had more of a fan base and were more welcomed. Whereas here in the United States, a lot of black artists, they couldn't even stay at certain hotels or walk in the front of the building. You had to go out back around the corner and just to go in a building, perform in front of all these people and then be told you can't stay at this hotel. Like, I don't think people really, you know, take those things into consideration when it comes to artists of a certain genre and era. What were your thoughts on that? Um, my thoughts on that, it was just like, it was not that long ago. And um, I'm glad for artists like her because she was able to break the barriers and do what she loved. A lot of people don't know, but um, she didn't finish high school. So, and she learned German while she was over there as well. So I thought that was pretty amazing. Yeah, it was like she was before her time, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like so many people who are artistic or creatives are misunderstood because she was in the wrong decade. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if she was now coming out now and singing what she was singing, that would be the norm. But she kind of broke those glass ceilings because, honey, Love to Love You was very erotic and sensual and radio stations were not playing that kind of music back then. It was even banned in other countries. And, you know, people complain about today's music, but there was some nasty little freaky songs back then too. And they kind of broke that wall down to make radio more provocative. Like they couldn't even play that song in the daytime. That's how raunchy it was. <laughs> and here she is, a pastor's kid, making this raunchy music or come from a very religious family. What were your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts on that was, I loved how she went about it. Mm -hmm. She, it was always, she saw herself as an actress when it came to performing. That's why she was very theatrical, very animated, which I love, so I understand. And um, she was just a regular um, girl and she didn't see herself as this big mega super. That's why I loved her even more because she was so humble and so graceful, so yeah. Yeah, and I'm actually, it was funny because I've been reading this book right here called Shine Bright by Danielle Smith. She is the former editor-in-chief of Vibe magazine. She is a Black woman. And she's writes about in her book, like so many different Black women pop stars, like Whitney Houston, Janet Jackson, Beyonce, so many different Black women who have made crossover appeal. And she has a chapter specifically dedicated to Donna Summer. And I don't want to get into it for copyright purposes. You all can check that book out yourselves. But Donna Summer, she she didn't fit the boxes that people try to put Black women in. And I think a lot of times when we see Black artists who just want to create art, 
they're told from a marketing perspective or to sell records that, oh, you you just got to do R&B and soul. But what if they want to sing country? What if they want to sing pop songs or they're not black enough or that's not going to appeal to an urban audience? Like these are things that artists and people are told all the time. Um, do you think that we wouldn't have people like Whitney Houston or Doja Cat or people that are genre bending if it wasn't for Donna Summer? Donna Summer definitely opened the doors for those women to be able to do what they want to do because Donna Summer um, did what she wanted to do. She wrote a lot of her own music and um, some of those songs was were originally supposed to be for other people, but you know, she sound better doing it herself. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I noticed about it is, you know, over the years, different artists pay homage to people. And I'm trying not to be biased because y'all know I love me some Beyonce and I know you love you some Solange. And when I think about those two artists, I think about Donna Summer. Her influence on those Knowles sisters <laughs> is really interesting because I was listening to Beyonce's debut album, Dangerously in Love, because it'll be the 20th anniversary of that album this year. And if you don't remember, Naughty Girl samples an interpolation of Donna Summer's Love to Love You. So the, dun, 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 you know, the beat in mm -hmm. the song and the sensuality and the sexuality in the song is a sample of Donna Summer. When we hear songs like Cranes in the Sky or, you know, just the the aesthetic, the look, Kelly Rowland even looks like, you know, Donna Summer to me. And yes. just, just seeing how the influence, like she is the blueprint for albums such as Renaissance. And I wanted to talk about the fact that she made music that was crossover appeal to various audiences, whether they were black, white, gay, straight. It was the 70s, disco had taken over. And also in that time period, people were banning certain music because it was highlighting marginalized communities like LGBTQ people, like black people, like Latina people, like, you know what I mean? So in that process, of her having such a large fan base that was marginalized, they tried to hurt her career. You know what I mean? When they started banning disco music at the towards the end of the 70s, it was like she needed a platform and she created this genre only for it to kind of fizzle away. You get what I mean? Yes. Yeah. What were your thoughts in the documentary Love to Love You on HBO when the powers that be said she said something about the gay community? And I'm straight, but I know that you identify as gay. How did you feel about that part when people who are her fans felt like she turned their backs, her back on them? I truly believe it was a misunderstanding because mm -hmm. Love to Love You Baby, you know, without the um, gay community, it wouldn't have risen to the top how it did. So I believe it was a rumor someone started to ruin her, but I'm glad that she was able to move past that and continue 
to make music. So, yeah. Yeah. And just thinking about the, not just trauma, because people are more than their trauma. She was a survivor, a thriver, an overcomer. And just thinking about, she wanted, they said in the documentary, she wanted a certain song to continue to stay on the charts, but then the record execs and the powers that be, they hurried up and released another song. And it was like, every time she wanted something, it's like, they kind of tried to sabotage her. Everybody's making money off of her, but don't want her to thrive. You know, it's, that's unfortunate, but. Did you have any thoughts on any more thoughts on Donna Summer or that? Yes. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but yet again, she did write a lot of her own music. Mm -hmm. So she was able to do what she wanted to do and get out of that um, contract. contract. And back then in the 70s, she was able to settle for millions of dollars like an undisclosed amount of millions of dollars. And that wasn't heard of for anybody Black at that time. So a lot of people don't realize Donna Summer was very smart. Yeah, she works hard for her money, so you better treat her, right? <laughs> yeah. So would you recommend the documentary to people or would you recommend the musical? Which one do you think was better? They're both, it's a tie for me. So I would recommend both uh -huh. because Donna Summer opened the window for women like, you know, like a, like a, like you said, Beyonce, Solange, Janelle Monet. Because if you think about it, even in Beyonce's Naughty Girl video, her hair was big. It was all about the beauty and the glam. That was 70s all the way. Um, and, um, so you can't think about beauty, hair, makeup, music, fur, the fashion without Donna Summer. So especially like Spring Affair, all of her songs were just, yeah, amazing. What is one of your favorite Donna Summer songs that you would recommend to someone? I love my favorite album. I wish I could get it, but it's the Four Seasons. Mm -hmm. And with Spring Affair mm -hmm. um, was one of my favorites. And um, Last Dance is another one. Mm -hmm. And Art for the Money and Hot Stuff, because those were my mom's favorite songs. So, yeah. Oh, I think one of my favorite songs is On the Radio. I like ballads. And it starts off all this so on the radio. I can't play it right now. But you all can Google, YouTube it, and all that kind of stuff. But it starts off really slow, and it's like a really nice piano medley. And then all of a sudden, the beat changes, and you know, crescendos, and the beat, the key changes, and it gets like really exciting and dance worthy. And I think that a lot of people don't think about the structure of a song. Because a lot of people kind of copied that style with starting off a song really slow and then the beat builds and then it's like, boom, you know, a bigger song than you think it was or you thought it was going to be a slow song end up being more dance, fast paced. And I think she kind of paved the way for that. And like you said, she wrote her own music and people don't understand the business part of the music industry. And when you write your own songs and own your masters, 
that really gives you a sense of level of freedom that some artists don't have. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for mentioning that. And you all, if you ever get a chance to see Donna Summer, the musical, thank you, Zach, for thinking of me when the musical came out. Because I am not a musical person, but I really enjoyed the musical because it broke down her life in three parts, her young adulthood, her childhood, and her you know career and everything that she went through. And the music was hidden, the artists, the actors were pretty good for a Broadway like kind of stage theater play. And this is coming from me who, I love music, but for some reason, certain musicals don't do it for me, but this was a 10 out of 10 to me. It was really good. And I just think that not only because coming up is June, Black Music Month or February is Black History Month, but I think her, her story needs to be told or more people need to know about it because history seems to repeat itself sometimes and people don't, understand paying homage to people not everybody's copying or biting someone's style they're paying homage sometimes to people and other times there really are people that are copying <laughs> but they can never be miss donna summer did you have any last thoughts on donna i love donna summer so i'm ready for a movie but they really need to take their time mm -hmm. um to a movie all about her. So, yeah. Do you think they would cast Kelly Rowland? Or who do you think they would cast besides Kelly? I can't think of anyone else besides Kelly Rowland because even in Kelly Rowland's photo shoots and pictures, she really embodies Donna Summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you all, you have to check out my Donna Summer playlist at asiamber.com. Read my review of the Donna Summer musical. Check me out on all the social media at As I Amber. And check out my playlist on As I Amber Jams. That's my username on Apple Music. Follow me there. Yeah, let me know. Did you see the Donna Summer documentary? If so, let me know your favorite thoughts and your favorite songs from Donna. Thank you for listening. Good night or good morning. Bye.